I'm Sarah Gross. And I'm Sarah True. And you're listening to If We Were Riding. So Sarah, as I was preparing for this podcast, which I actually spent time preparing this week, so yay me, um, I was going scrolling through your social media and I saw some video of Ben with a cow talking to a cow. What was going on there? Okay. You saying you're preparing for the podcast, but then going on scrolling social no, media? Scrolling your social media. So I was up to date on your Oh, okay. Research. research. I, I was going to say that's very broad definition of research if you're just on Instagram. <laughs> just random. Seeing what's up. Um, yeah. So we, we ran earlier today, not together, same time. And there were a bunch of cows where we were parked because- as we all know, the best places to go for runs, generally they're cows. And uh, I look over and he is having a straight up conversation with this one cow. And it starts off really sweet. He's just like, how are you doing? And it was, it was just intended for the two of them. He was not expecting me to video him on the sly. Uh, he's like, how you doing? You know, how's your day? come over here like but then after a few minutes this went on for minutes mind you and he he fancies himself I guess a cow whisperer because she did come over and hang out but then it took this really dark turn where he started talking about her fate but it was in a very like <laughs> very calm you know melodious voice so he's like oh yeah you're gonna be you're gonna be a couch you're going to be a burger. And just like all these terrible things. I'm like, I couldn't believe it. And just his tone was just so reassuring. This poor cow who's like, you know, thinking that he's just telling her sweet nothings. And now he's talking about what's going to happen to her. Like when it's all over. For you her know, he's barn. like, he's just started like a revolution in the barn. Like right now, those cows are back there and they're like, and, then, and, she, and that cow is like, hey, guess what this guy just told me out on the street? Like, <laughs> Wait, so that's what might happen? Are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> and they're all looking at each other and they're like, how do we get the hells out of here? That's Maybe. what's happening right now. <laughs> I've never met a cow that smart, but it was, it was highly amusing because it just, it was him and the cow talking. It wasn't for us to hear. It was, Yeah. But uh, I guess I guess they don't mind if you start talking about making them into hamburgers. <laughs> I guess not. At least he took his that next sort of, those sort of dark thoughts out on Betsy, so that later at home he's like he's kind of got it out of his system. <laughs> Although I, I, he was in a weird mood because as we're driving home, he started to talk about what would happen if a dog like a you know a pet dog got a taste of human meat would they start looking around at humans as potential food objects from then on and it just it went down this like i said it was an ex, maybe it was an extension of the weird darkness that came from his cow conversation <laughs> <laughs> that is he's not even here to defend himself that's the best part of this podcast i can just <laughs> reveal these things he doesn't listen throw ben under the bus <laughs> 
love it. Okay, Sarah, we have a um, a friend riding with us today. Um, who and- who has promptly turned around and went back home after yes. that intro? Exactly. <laughs> we were talking before the show um, about how I, I asked. We're with Caroline Livesey, um, and I asked her how she wanted to be introduced, and we had this long conversation about um, about that question and how it's weird to answer questions about what you do. Um, but I'm going to go with this, Carolina, as my introductory question based on this story. Are you a vegetarian? <laughs> no. Oh, okay. I quite like Betsy hamburgers. <laughs> um, uh. so, so Caroline, I, you did say that you don't love the question, that you hate the question, actually. What do you do? So how, how shall our audience um, know who you are? Yeah, I mean... I think I I don't enjoy the question so much now because I find it difficult to answer in a conventional way and it's not really when when someone asks you you know if you just meet someone and they ask you what do you do they they kind of want like a two-word answer don't they they want well I I'm a banker or I'm a lawyer or I don't know like sort of I run a media company (laughs) but um I don't I don't feel like we should be defined by our our job because ultimately that's not who we are necessarily. Some people it's uh, a lifestyle and other people it's just a job or you know it's something they do so they can do other things in their life. Um, and so I prefer the question, what is your purpose? What is hmm. your purpose? Oh, great I question. like that. Okay. Yeah, and I think we should be asking that more because yes. so many people can't answer that. And if you can answer that, um, but you can answer the question, what is your job? you know, what do you do? Um, I think you should think more about the question, what is your purpose? Okay, then what's so- your purpose? So I, <laughs> my purpose is just to be fit and strong and healthy so that I can inspire other people to get out, do something that challenges them, not necessarily physically, but, you know, have an adventure or so- do something that challenges them um, in some way. So that they can grow and understand more about what their purpose is and I've kind of set my life up now so that I can because you can't make a living out of that really <laughs> um, although some people do I suppose but you know so I've set my life up so that I can um, do adventures and have uh, j- yeah I just have amazing experiences and challenge myself in different ways in the hope that I can also help other people to see that and I also do directly help other people to see that through coaching and through life coaching and also through writing. So it's a long-winded way of answering wow. that question. Sorry. I love that. I love that. Sarah, do you know what your purpose is? Do you have an answer for that? I have to think about it. Yeah. I was thinking about how, um, I think. I you have say... a very strong purpose, Sarah, Sarah Groff. I'd say yeah. like with your business, surely. Yeah, I have. I'm in that. Um, would you say I'm in that special or unique category where I get to live out that purpose through through my job you know and I understand that some people will do will do something just to make money and and do like live out the purpose in a different way and I I, like respect that as well Um, and I feel very lucky to be able to live out my purpose and through my business Um, but what is that purpose so it's definitely for me around um, helping not helping I don't like the word helping um around women being able to um, live their best lives 
And I think a lot of that has to do with being active and healthy. Mm. Um, but some of it is, and the, the, the connections between sport and mental health too. So I think it's mm. multi-layered and the social cultural constructs that we all kind of live with, we internalize, we uh, yeah. engage with on a daily basis. Um, I definitely, yeah, it's some of maybe sort of changing those things. So what does that look like? Live Feisty, we talk about um, changing culture. How do we change our culture so it's better for women in sport? Um, so, yeah. And I, and I think that's amazing. And I also think like that providing those role models and um, giving those role models a voice. And I, I wrote a little bit about this today in one of my posts that, you know, a role model doesn't have to be someone who's in a global leadership position. It can just be your mum. You know, it can be... Yeah your best friend it can be someone who's close to you or someone that you see on social media but giving those people a chance to um change the landscape and challenge the way that we think about women you know is amazing yeah and I love what you just said about role models too I often struggle with that question someone asked it to me earlier today on a live video because it's international women's day today we're recording on Monday and um he asked me who my role model is in triathlon and I kind of just I chose um Aaron Baker. I do love Aaron Baker, but I think that I think it's hard to pick one person. Like I often feel with that question, like, oh, I like, you know, I admire certain people for certain qualities or mm. the, what I see as their strengths, um, but not necessarily one. There's not necessarily one person who's on a pedestal for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, Sarah, I think we should ask all of our guests from now on, what is your purpose? Yeah, I like that. I like that. Well, okay. I might I might have to come up with an answer of my own. This is as as you're both talking, I started thinking about mine and how I can summarize one sentence. I think that's really like if you can distill it down, mm-hmm. that makes it strong. I could come up with a long winded sure. answer, mm-hmm. but I I think I need to think about how to say it in eight words. <laughs> I don't. I eight, well, ten, I, whatever. Yeah, give, give yourself a. <laughs> give yourself a few more than that but I mean I I, it's actually something that I work on uh like I have a a sort of life purpose written down and I and I'll often look at it and and sort of check in with it and also like um change it you know change bits of it because they like I thought about them more or whatever um so how do you know if you're achieving your purpose well, does it matter? I think it's more a case of, are you living by it? I don't know if it's achieving, mm. if it's like a success or failure thing, because mm. um, some days we're all more on than off, you know, and other days we have bad days. So it's, it's more about are the actions that I'm taking in my life and the steps that I'm mm-hmm. taking in my life leading me to, you know, more into the, the purpose that I want and um, what impact are they having on the people that I want to have an impact on or influence in some way. Um, so. Yeah, so more more about the intentional pursuit. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's I think fair. There's an interesting interplay too between, you know, following our own passion and <clears throat> and what we perceive as the needs of things that need to change in the world or the needs of other people right? Because often those two things, uh, the intersection between those two things is where we need to live and work. Um, 
if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know if I articulated that well, but because I think it's really important. Like I can perceive that people need medication in Africa, but I'm not, I, sorry, I just like made up a random thing, but like, that's not my, that doesn't suit my skill set, right? Um, and yeah. right now, like as you would talk, as you were both talking, I was thinking how um, I've kind of at various points in my entrepreneurship journey ended up kind of stuck in the mud a little bit, feeling like I'm doing too many, um, too many tasks that I don't like, um, and not, and not enough sort of building or creative activities and that kind of thing. And so I'm actually like in a moment like that right now, where I'm sort of shifting my job a little bit back towards more creative, uh, more writing video creation, the things that I originally started with, um, and getting out from under some of the like the day-to-day tasks that I've really got bogged down by. Um, so. Um, I mean, I think you've got to, you've got to be uh, authentic. And I know, that, I think that's maybe an overused word now, but you know, if you, if you try to do something that you're not um, passionate about and don't feel strongly about, then, you know, it's, it, it doesn't, you're not driven by that. You're not motivated by that. Yeah. I love it. Okay. Amazing. This is maybe per- perhaps our best intro segment ever. Best intro segment ever. Okay. Coming up on the show, we are going to have a shark story from Caroline. Uh, five questions for Caroline about riding with us. Our thoughts on International Women's Day, the women of X try and a voicemail from a listener. Hi folks, Sarah here, the founder of Live Feisty Media, the company that produces the podcast you're currently listening to. I just wanted to jump in here and invite you to our latest initiative here at Live Feisty, the Feisty Women's Performance Summit. On March 26th to 28th, we will be serving up a virtual summit like no other, designed specifically for active feisty women or anyone who wants to know how women can get the best out of our bodies throughout our lives. I think we all kind of figured out by now that a lot of sports and nutrition science studies, product and performance research is done on men and are a little confused maybe about what actually applies to us as women. So we collected experts from several arenas, physiology, psychology, nutrition science, and social sciences to get some answers. The Feisty Women's Performance Summit includes 20 educational sessions, plus networking events, group workouts, and an expo full of supportive brands. I seriously hope you can join us on March 26th to 28th, 2021. Tickets are only $149, and all sessions will be recorded and can be viewed up to two weeks after the event. For more information or to sign up, go to womensperformancesummit.com. The link will be in the show notes, of course. That's womensperformancesummit.com. See you there, feisty friends. Every day there seems to be a new wellness trend, like eat this, do this, avoid those scary things. And how do we know where to start and who to trust? Inside Tracker cuts through the noise by analyzing your blood, DNA, lifestyle, and fitness trackers. This provides you with a personalized, science-based, trackable action plan on how to live, age, and perform better. Inside Tracker is simpler, cheaper, and more convenient than traditional blood tests, and includes tests that we need as athletes but aren't traditionally included, like ferritin and vitamin D. 
My favorite part is that they don't just give you the data, they provide you with nutrition and lifestyle tips to take action. So for a limited time, Inside Tracker is offering our If We Were Riding listeners 25% off their entire store. So just go to insidetracker.com forward slash riding. That's insidetracker.com forward slash riding as in if we were. Change is an inside job. Start inside. Okay, so Caroline, since we talk about animals quite frequently on this on this podcast, <laughs> um, I understand you have a shark story. Yeah. Uh, so every summer since I was a child, uh, my family holidays were always in a little island in Scotland called Tyree, which is in the Hebrides up on the northwest coast. Um, and the sea up there is really clear. It's like if you were to Google Hebridean Islands and look at the beaches and the sea, well, Sarah, you've lived in Edinburgh, so you maybe know, but um, you wouldn't I've never leave. been they there look, specifically, but... Um, yeah, they look like the Caribbean. The water is super clear. It's, it's freezing, but it's really clear. Um, and I, like I say, I grew, I grew up kind of swimming there and always being in the sea there. And they have basking sharks. And I also feel like you guys should Google what a basking shark looks like, because you probably don't know. Um, but they are not, um, they're massive. They're absolutely massive. But they don't eat fish or people. <laughs> oh, God. I did, did right? I... Sarah's I did looking Google at it. Her, so, yeah. Did you Google it, Sarah? No. It's like a prehistoric, giant, frightening, like, and it's like, it has this big yeah. open mouth thing. Okay, like so a- this is this is the thing, right? So, so these things are huge. And up there they get, you know, 15 foot. I mean, they're massive. Um, and you see them. So I, you know, as a child, I, my dad had like a little fishing boat and we used to go out quite a lot. And I, you'd see them off the side of the boat. And as I got into triathlon and started more open water swimming, I always knew that at some point I would like come across one of these things when I was in the water. And so I always thought, well, they eat plankton. Like they're nothing to be scared of. It's like a big fish, basically. Um, I'll just, you know, stroke it. You know, you'd see these like videos of divers, like with sharks, like just stroking them and stuff. It's like, I'll be like that. I'll just stroke the shark. <laughs> So one day I am swimming on my own, which I do a lot. I love open water swimming on my own, especially up there because I'm so comfortable in the like, like the sea. I know the currents and the um, you know the headlands and the the coast and everything like the back of my hand. So I was swimming on my own, and um, you know I sort of had my face down, looking at the bottom of the sea, and it was really really clear. I could see the bottom. It was um, I don't know. It was probably in maybe ten meters of water. And it's quite rare for them to come that close to shore. <laughs> and I sort of took a stroke and looked up and I almost swam into a basking shark. And <laughs> like inside of it, because I'm looking at this thing well, on my phone and it's like a I, big gaping open, like if you went the wrong way, you could end up inside. Yeah, you could go inside <laughs> them. They've got, yeah, because they're trying to catch all the plankton. So they basically got this big fishing net thing on the front. And um, no, luckily it had seen me first, obviously, because it's a shark. 
and it had started to turn. So as I swam, I kind of almost swam into the side of this thing, but I didn't stroke it. <laughs> stroke it. <laughs> Shockingly. I screamed very loudly underwater, <laughs> turned around in the water as fast as I could, which isn't that graceful, you know, when you're swimming, and then swam as fast as I could in the opposite direction until I was ankle deep in the water, stood up and went, basking shark, like to no one. <laughs> oh dear. And then uh, like my heart rate was sky high. Because, you know, you see a shark in the water and it kind of doesn't matter that it's a plankton eater because it's a shark. It's got one of those tails that does, you know, the shark movement in the water. And it's just, it's a primal instinct for you to be terrified. <laughs> but um, but it's funny because um, I was so cross with myself afterwards. I was like, oh, for goodness sake, like the chance of a lifetime to see this most amazing creature underwater. And <laughs> you totally bottled it. <laughs> Oh, I don't blame you one bit having just Googled it. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I mean, I would, oh. in my defense, since then, I've actually swum in, well, not in, but I've swum with a few, like we've seen a lot while I've been in the water and I've been, I've tried to be more calm and not just jump out. You're not like hugging them, you know, the, the no. image that you had in your mind of just no. being super chill, but like, <laughs> We're totally buddies. <laughs> I didn't have a conversation with it like that. <laughs> well, one definitely, like you said, we've evolved to have a very natural fear of sharks. Yeah. And, and a healthy fear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Oh, that's terrific. Oh, I I totally think that would be my reaction too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Not good. Make me feel better. Yeah. Oh, well, thank you for the yeah. animal story. We've never had a shark story as far as there you go. we we're very uh, mammal dominant, I would say, with our stories. Bed, we need to really mix it up into we other. Need more, we need more bird a, stories. Well, a vegetarian shark gets you somewhere early. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So for our next little segment, uh, because this is hard hitting journalism coming from me. I'm going to ask you five questions because we are called if we were writing. We never talk about writing. But just to get some insight into whether or not, you know, we're we're compatible writing buddies here. So all right. Okay. Number one, where are we writing? Uh is this like where's my favorite place to ride or where am I sure. at the moment? Either one. Either one. Uh Mallorca. Mallorca is where I live and where I generally ride. So I, I think it's one of the best places in the world to ride. And I think you love it if you haven't. So are, are we on road bikes, TT bikes? What's the, what's the favorite? Okay, road bikes. Road. All right. All right. I like that. All right. Number two, what ride snacks are you bringing on a ride? Oh, well, I've just found a new one. <laughs> Ooh, do tell. So, uh, it's Costa Rican power bar. That's not actually what it's called, but <laughs> that's what we've nicknamed it. It's the most amazing thing. You get it in the local shops here. I'm in Costa Rica, just to clarify. Um, and it's like a brown, uh, it looks a bit like a flapjack, but really, really dark brown. When I first saw it, I was like, oh, what's that? I don't know if I'll buy one of those. It could be sweet or savory. I'm not quite sure. <laughs> 
but then one day I just bought one and ate it and oh my god it's the most incredible stuff it's like um it's basically pure sugar with coconut mixed in that sounds Yum. good oh my god yeah. that sounds amazing it, and it's rocket fuel so oh I like that. I'm gonna have to learn to make it I'm gonna find out exactly what it's called in like local name for it and I know yeah, we'll, and then we'll put, find we'll it put that in the show notes if you can find the name for it we'll put in the show notes for people I'd like All to right. know what what I have a question Caroline yeah what you think of um like we had Will on who's the the marketing guy for one of our sponsors form swim goggles and he had a, a an idea for a business around um having malt, a malt loaf type um like type food as a cycling food do you think as someone who I'm sure has had malt loaf before do you think that's a good business idea no (laughs) (laughs) okay next question (laughs) sorry Will not a customer not a customer all right all right what's your policy on uh coffee shop rides like anything over three hours it's the winner so during or post or what uh (laughs) <laughs> we we tend to like to have ridden three hours before we start at a coffee shop and then only have like an hour an hour and a half left to go okay like all right yeah the next two are very related I'm not sure what I was thinking when I threw these together all right uh so since you say you don't stop for three hours if Sarah for example has to go to the bathroom are do we keep on riding she has to catch up to us are you like pretty ruthless like that or you're willing to stop for her so she can be okay. right outside the road Sarah true you need to go back and read an article I wrote for lip I see a long time ago called um pissing, pissing in, in the, the wind, wind. <laughs> on this very topic and so- my parting yeah 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 and my parting shot on it was like women stop holding it in just stop for the freaking toilet on your ride. It's not good for you. What, and that's, that's a separate question. It's whether we wait for somebody. Like, are yeah. we pedaling? Do we stop? So yeah, you gotta pee. When, if you gotta okay. pee, you gotta pee. Okay, one more on this. <laughs> um, I've got these new shorts. I can't give too much away about them because they're a prototype. Um, but what I'll say is this, they change the game when it comes to just being able to soft pedal for a female going to the toilet because you can wear them as bibs, but you don't have to take the bib off to go to the toilet. You can go to the toilet by just crouching and then your bibs are still on. It's amazing. Mm, okay. and, it, and, and in that case, like if Sarah had these amazing shorts on, we could just soft pedal and she'd be back with us in a matter okay. minute. I just say that if if the two of you rode away from me at any pace when I stopped to go pee, I would not be able to catch up. <laughs> Does it take this, I'm sure. What's you that? would be fine. You would be fine. All right. This one's kind of related. Photos during rides. Yay or nay? Ooh. This is a very divisive topic here. Okay. So for me, it depends on the ride. Okay. If it's a serious training ride, then, and it's like a regular route and it's someone who is also riding a regular route, then no. If I'm showing someone Mallorca and I'm taking them on an amazing route they've never done before and there's cool stuff to take pictures of and they're blown away by the place. And if they feel 
they want to stop and take photos and it's just an easy ride, then I'm all for it. Mm. All right. I respect it. Sarah, what about you? But, oh, Sarah's, Sarah's like doing TikToks on the side of the road every five minutes. Yeah. Oh, 100%. <laughs> I want a whole different trading plan. <laughs> she never catches up after the Wii because she's too busy making a TikTok about her Wii. <laughs> about her amazing shorts. <laughs> All right. Hard, hard-hitting questions right there. We can go on to- They were. I think, I think we're fairly compatible riders. Uh, Sarah, let's just hope you don't have to go to the bathroom. I think the two of you are compatible riders, but if you let me sit on your wheels, then I'll be good. I'll hang in. <laughs> okay. I want to hear this. Um, we, uh, we're recording today, International Women's Day. There's a lot of stuff on the internet. Um, and there's, it's a really busy space. I made a post this morning about my feelings. I saw Sarah's post as well. Um, Caroline, what are your feelings about International Women's Day? Do you love it, hate it somewhere in between? I don't have a strong feeling to be honest about loving it or hating it. I think, um, so when I told my husband it was International Women's Day, his first reaction was, is there an International Men's Day? I was like, that's why we have International Women's Day. You've just summed it up. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But but yeah, I think it's a reminder that it's important for us still to acknowledge that it's, although some of us live in more equal societies, it's definitely not a globally equal society and there's still a lot we need to do. I I did a post today about role models. Um, We've already had a little chat about that. Um, on the podcast but um, I went to a school here in Costa Rica um, the week before last to do a talk and it was a very progressive school it um, encourages it's a private school but it funds half of the um, pupils there from the local community as well so it's kind of a a mixed bag of um, I guess classes of, of kids that go there which is really nice and it was incredible to see the girls and they were sort of 16 to 18 years old they were doing presentations about the jobs they wanted to do in the future and talking about which universities they were going to apply to and where they were going to study and one of the girls stood up and she wanted to be a human rights lawyer and I just thought you know things have moved on so much that these women are thinking you know about such incredible careers but at the same time like I said I think International Women's Day I think this year their hashtag was choose to challenge and um, it's important to recognize that there's still a lot of things that we need to keep challenging yeah well said yeah I agree and speaking of challenging things um you recently released, I want to, I want to talk about your magazine, the women of X try edition. Um, and I mean, I think we'll have to start at the start, uh, in terms of what X try is and then what the magazine is and, and, and why, um, why you went behind got behind a women's edition. Sure. Um, so X try briefly is, an I more or less Ironman distance triathlon, um, 
not as strict and not that Ironman's particularly strict with their distances anyway <laughs> but not as strict with the distances but it, you know they 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 advertise what the distances are so they won't pretend it's a 3.8k swim and it's actually four they'll say it's a 4k swim you know but it's more or less that those long course distances um but what sets the brands I guess in the series of races apart is that they are extreme in some way so they're all different and some are extreme because they're you know maybe they've got a really cold swim and maybe it's a cold environment they all finish with a run that is can be some on road but is usually got quite a lot of off-road running it's definitely hilly it's usually got a lot of elevation on the run um and same on the bike the bike is a road you know it's tarmac um road bike or time trial depending on their course but it's also usually a very challenging route with a lot of ascent or something that makes um the bike particularly difficult but the thing that really stands out for me that sets those races apart is the small fields of competitors. So they um, limit the races to between 150 and 300 competitors and it's self-supported. So you have a support crew with you. It's not, you don't have aid stations on the route. You have to have a vehicle with you on the bike and somebody running or riding with you on the run, or there might be places where a vehicle can support you as well on the run. Um, so you have to plan your whole day, including who your crew is going to be um, and all your logistics, all your food and nutrition, all your sort of aid stations where you want them, how you're going to schedule that, you know, clothing that you're going to want to have or change or whatever, depending on the climate. Um, and it kind of makes it a lot more of a, a planning exercise as well as a race. And also means that you've got a team instead of just having an individual. Mm, so it's more strategy. Yeah. Mm. Which women are good at. It's it's also pretty throwback. I mean, that's what Iron Man used to be. Like they were stopping at gas stations to get snacks, things like that. And there's something that's really nice about it, refreshing, that it yeah. really is less about the racing and going fast and more about the challenge. It's absolutely you summed it up so well there and uh i even the fittest athletes will stand on the start of an x try and think you don't know what's going to happen today <laughs> because you know the chances are unless you've done the race before you won't have seen all the route you can't you can't drive the run route like it goes up the side of a mountain <laughs> so you know um yeah i did canada man so i've supported my husband doing a few so I've only done one myself, and that was Canada Man in uh, 2019, the last time we had racing. Um, <laughs> and the the run, I knew it was going to be tough. We'd seen some of the route, but oh my God, <laughs> it took me nearly as long as the bike. And if you'd said that to me on race morning, Whoa. I would have been like, uh, okay, I'm just going to go home now. <laughs> yeah. Wow. You got through it. I got through it and um I'll just like say this because it was quite unique the race I the race took me 12 hours and something minutes I won the race by 12 seconds Whoa. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah did you overtake did you know? in the run no I led oh, so someone all was day chasing you? and I didn't know she was there until 
the very, very, you can watch a film on this. It's on, I'll tell you in a minute, but the very, very last point of the run, you pop out of the woods and you've been in thick undergrowth. You can't see like more than three meters behind you at any point. You can, you can barely see your crew basically. And, um, and you pop out onto the road and then you can see the finish. It's right there. Uh, and it's, it's a road. It's t- like, you, cause you could drive up this mountain where it finishes. It's like an observatory on the top. And you can see the finish line, there's crowds, there's people shouting, there's music. And I was like, I have done it. Like I've been leading all day. I'm going to win this race. It's awesome. I'm going to enjoy it now. And then I hear my support crew guy who's running with me, Frankie saying, Caroline, Lynn's behind you. And I turn around and I look over my shoulder and it felt like she was like on my shoulder. And (laughs) all day I'd kind of been wondering where she was because I had no splits all day because you can't it's in the middle of nowhere like, there's no 3g or 4g or whatever um and so <laughs> I literally I had uh, hiking poles for the last section I actually threw them at Frankie my support guy and I I say I sprinted I mean when you see the footage it's like <laughs> <laughs> you know I've been racing 12 hours up a mountain but I thought I was sprinting and I and I literally just picked her um yeah 12 seconds at the line wow Amazing. And did she pick up the pace too? She did, but she had been getting splits because I was ahead when she'd been coming up the mountain. At the bottom, she'd had I'd had 20 minutes on her. And it's the last 10K is like, it's uh, that one of the hardest technical hiking trails I've ever seen. You're doing, it's like doing squat jumps for an hour and a half. I mean, it's just insane. And so she'd been getting splits at the bottom, it'd been 20 minutes. And she was like, oh, well, I'm never going to catch her. And then she'd gone up a bit and, you know one of the like people who were watching kind of on the route going up and people had said oh she's 15 minutes ahead or she's 10 minutes ahead and so she knew she was catching me so she had this impetus and I think she had just left it all out there whereas I'd been kind of early celebrating (laughs) and so when I saw her I had a bit left and she didn't Wow. I, I know what it feels like, um, to be, cause I was always someone who was overtaking on the run and Ironman, you know, yeah. and, and every person you overtake, especially, obviously, especially the women you think I would think, Oh, please like, don't give me any trouble. <laughs> like <laughs> just, just let me go by, you know, like, and you think you're changing pace, maybe just a little to overtake the person to make them like to, to make them realize like I'm really overtaking you now you know little psychological thing but it's probably just like it was probably like two seconds per k faster that I that I would, yeah. that I would change gears yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. and then but I do remember a couple and people rarely give you like literally when you overtake someone in an Ironman run after you've been out there for that long and moreover it, when you've been out there even longer 12 hours like you say um it there's you don't have a lot of like energy left just you don't have the mental energy to actually like play strategy games with someone and try to, you know, so I have a lot of respect for people who are able to do that. Um, but a, there have been a couple of times where someone's like, I come up beside them and then they're like, nope. And they won't let me go. Oh. And they're running shoulder <laughs> to shoulder with you. And you're like, oh God, like it, it's that moment of acceptance of like, okay, I'm going to have to play a painful game right now that I don't want to play if I want to, <laughs> if I want to like try to beat this person in this race. So, um, I feel for you, especially after that much longer too, like, like several <clears throat> hours longer. <laughs> um, I guess at least she only caught me, you know, 200 meters from the finish and I only had a very short, painful journey. Right. At least it wasn't halfway up the mountain and I'd be, right. Oh my God, I can't imagine what would happen there. 
you had basically 12 hours of just doing your own thing. Yeah. It was just the last 12, you know, the last, I mean, or 30 seconds where you're like, oh, there's somebody there. (laughs) Well, no, because she, she had won the race twice. uh, Oh, this was going to be her three-peat and I knew she wanted it and I knew her uh, background. She'd been an Olympic cyclist and all this stuff. And I was totally like, she's a rubbish swimmer. So I I had something like 20 minutes out of the water on her. And so I knew that I'd be leading on the bike, but that I kind of thought she would catch me on the bike because of her pedigree on on cycling. So I was kind of surprised not to have been caught by her, to be honest, but you know. Is this Lynn Bissett? (laughs) Yes. Oh, I know who that is. Okay. Yeah, she's she's a total animal. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, anyway. I'm fiercely competitive, so I could see the- Yeah, yeah. she was, and it was hard actually at the finish because if I'd won, if if she had been 10 minutes back, I, I could have enjoyed the finish almost a little bit, but I, I wasn't, this this is very female of me, but I was so gutted for her when I won because she was so disappointed and she was covered in blood. She'd had a fall on the way up as well. And, and she was just, you know, so gutted not to win by such a short margin. I was almost unable to kind of celebrate myself for a bit because I was like, oh God. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I understand that feeling. Um, I've I've in the past had trouble overtaking. Like if I have a friend that I'm racing against who's having a hard time, I've had trouble <laughs> overtaking someone with like, I don't want to make your life worse. <laughs> like, I'll just stay back here. It's fine, <laughs> you know. Um, so Caroline, you recently, you know, we heard from you at Live Feisty, you had produced this beautiful magazine, um, a women's edition <clears throat> of the X-Try magazine. Am I right? Mm-hmm. Um, tell yes. us about that and like what's behind that. Yeah. So we wanted to encourage more women to get involved in X-Try. And it was um, an idea that myself and Stuart McInnes, who's the CEO of X-Try, came up with. Uh, a while ago this magazine is in conjunction with a few other things we've done we've put together a Facebook group uh, we've done a couple of well we've done a webinar we've got another one planned um, and the purpose so it, the magazine is called The Journey and this edition is called Women of Extra and the purpose behind The Journey which is the Extra magazine is just to tell the stories they were like we've got all these incredible stories from these amazing races all over the world, but we've got nowhere to, to sort of leave them, you know, as a, a legacy of all these amazing people and their, and their, um, well, their journeys basically. So, uh, so that's what the magazine tries to do. It tries to tell the story of the women who are already involved in this incredible sport. Um, and as I was trying to find these stories and put the, magazine together and put the words together for it I was just uh, so privileged to meet and talk to these incredible women who have these stories um, and it's not just about sport it they're centered around extra but it goes deeper than that you know and and what struck me about editing this magazine and putting it all together was just how to use your word how feisty these women are they get through mm-hmm. so much mm-hmm. um to be on the start line whether it's you know just to sort of think about a few of the stories that are in there there's one about Sony who's um 
Nepalese athlete who has had to, um, she's had to overcome not just the, you know, this is what we were talking about a minute ago about societies not being equal in, in Nepal. It, it's a lot less equal for women and she's had to overcome that, the fact that sport's not a big thing, swimming's not a big thing. Um, and all of these things she's, you know, to become this incredible triathlete that she is. And now to, um, there's actually a new race gonna be taking place in the Himalayas in Nepal, mm. um, which she's gonna do this, it will be her first ever long distance race to do this X try, which goes up to 4,000 meters for the <laughs> marathon. Just incredible, but yeah, just just so many um, amazing women, amazing stories, and um, it's so it was so so much fun putting it all together in this magazine. And where can we get the magazine? Where can we? Where can our listeners find it? So, I can give you the link. It's shop.xtry.com. Xtry. Oh, hang on. <laughs> Xtryworldtour.com. Shop.xtryworldtour.com. Okay, we'll uh, put that, put that give link the in link. the show notes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, along with the Costa Rican power bars. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. But we've we've we have had it printed, so you can buy a printed version. And it was, it was definitely, although it's aimed at, you know, encouraging more women into the sport. I wanted it to be interesting for anyone to read. Um, and it's kind of a coffee table magazine. It's not got lots of adverts. It's got barely any adverts. Um, it's just big glossy pictures. It's got all the races listed at the back. It's it's stories that are timeless. Yeah, I, I saw it and it's beautiful. Like oh. it's, it, the pictures are gorgeous. It's well laid out. It's it's a wonderful magazine. Yeah. Um, and you, what are you doing in Costa Rica, by the way? I don't think we got to that. <clears throat> by the way, we, uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, we're making a film. So we oh. did. Yeah, See, I knew it would be an interesting answer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're we're making a film. My husband um, is a producer; he makes films, and we came out here to do to challenge ourselves to do something a little bit out of the box um, in <laughs> an area that I really was not comfortable with, which is riding off road. So, Sarah Tree, you asked me what kind of bike earlier. It's definitely something on road. <laughs> um but I've spent six weeks out here riding on gravel on a gravel bike and on quite a lot of mud as well um (laughs) and uh we did a coast to coast so we rode from the Caribbean to the Pacific um we set ourselves a target of doing it in two days and to give it some context the kind of tourist expeditions that are for vaguely fit people you know just sort of having fun doing mountain biking it takes them eight days oh, um, <laughs> how many how many kilometers and what kind of elevation uh so it's 260k so it doesn't sound that far and when you look at costa rica on a map you're like it's got to be flat oh. uh, <laughs> it's got some enormous mountains so it goes up uh the highest peak here is 3,800 meters um, and we did 6,500 meters of climbing over the two days. Um, but the, like a lot, a lot of it was off-road. We did have some tarmac on the way, but you know, a lot of it was off-road and probably I would like 
guess about 30k of it we had to hike with our bikes on our backs as well 30k through the jungle (laughs) at at night (gasps) wow oh my gosh how how tired are you now say again how tired are you from doing that because okay I was oh my god I was exhausted it was a while ago now we've we've Mm. been here six weeks um, oh okay but but it was uh I felt yeah I felt I mean I felt like I'd done a sort of long distance race I was for a week I was unable to move I also fell off on the last day and got a boulder to the ribs and I don't know if I cracked one or but I definitely bruised my intercostals pretty badly so I was I was a bit beaten up I had some cuts and bruises so I was um yeah I was pretty out of it afterwards wow Okay, make a good film. <laughs> amazing. Um, do we know anything about the release of the film, or is there any more information, or do we have to have you back on for that? Uh, so we're we're actually heading back to Mallorca tomorrow, and Mark will start putting the film back film together once we're back there because he needs all his um studio back home. So I would guess about a month. Mm-hmm. It's normally pretty quick at them. Okay, keep us. I don't have a date yet. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay, we're going to take our, our second break. And then after the break, we're going to have a voicemail from a listener. And uh, Caroline's going to answer our, uh, our special segment question. If We Were Riding is a live feisty media production. Sarah and I are truly and grossly thankful for our sponsors, Noon Hydration, Form Swim, and Orca Sportswear. Join the conversation by following us on all the socials at If We Were Riding on Instagram and Facebook, or send me a voice memo to Sarah with no H at livefeisty.com. Also, leave us a review on iTunes. It really does help. Remember that time we were ranked like number 206 best sports podcast in the Czech Republic? Yeah, that was thanks to you. So leave us a review. We can't wait to ride with you next week. And our regular listeners will know that If We Were Riding and All Things Feisty is proudly partnered with Orca Sportswear. For 15% off all items on orca.com, please use the code livefeisty15. And that includes the wetsuits. So good deals all around. Hey, Sarah and Sarah, it's Kayla. I really appreciated the episode a few months back where you shared things you wish you had known, so I wanted to share something I wish I had known as someone who worked full-time, had a long commute, and often trained two times a day on top of that. Looking back on the past few years, I really wish I understood the importance of recovery. I thought that I had to grind all day every day to succeed in my career and in triathlon, but that wasn't the case. I ended up getting extremely burnt out because I wasn't prioritizing things like stretching, eating, and sleeping. It was a tough lesson to learn, but I'm sure that it's a mistake I won't make again. All right. Th- thank you for the voicemail, Kayla. That is definitely something we, I think most of us can relate to. Just the feeling like we can try to do it all and having it catch up because you can't. Mm-hmm. Absolutely can't do it all. Yeah. So Caroline, we're going to ask you the question that we asked that Kayla was responding to, which is what do you wish you'd known when you were a younger athlete? Is this like sports specific? Like, yeah. 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 Although um, you could go, you could give us a philosophical answer for life in general. 
if you would like <laughs> or both i mean we again we we pretend to be a triathlon podcast but not really <laughs> um, i think i spent a lot of my sporting youth like feeling like if i didn't win or i didn't uh beat whoever it was i was trying to beat like even if i was 10th there's always someone that you want to beat isn't there like I hadn't achieved or I hadn't succeeded. Mm-hmm. And um, as I've uh, gotten older and matured in the sport, in all sports really, I've gotten a lot more enjoyment out of just the, uh, the process of training and the process of racing. And now, especially with races being so few and far between, and re- I'm sure you guys, well, Sarah, true, you're the same, like you're probably missing racing. Um, I just wish I'd appreciated the uh, the chaos and emotions that racing gives you, and the elation and adrenaline that goes with it, even if you don't, you know, win or do well. Yeah. Well, and that's that's what transforms you. You know, like winning a race, losing a race, that's not going to change your life, but it's the, the process of racing, the process of going through the preparation. That's what's life-changing stuff. Nobody ever really remembers the results. Mm. Um, so no, I, I think that's, that's super relatable. Yeah. So true. Okay. Well, um, thank you so much, Caroline. Uh, it's been great catching up with you. I think I haven't seen you for quite a while. Um, As we mentioned earlier, Caroline wrote what is still the most popular, most read article (laughs) on the Live Feisty website called Pissing in the Wind about peeing as a female athlete. So if you haven't read that, go (laughs) check it out. Go and do Um, it. (laughs) Go and do it. No, thank you so much for having me on guys. It's been, it's been great. And thank you for giving me the opportunity to talk about women of extra. Um, I hope there's, I mean, even if you're not interested in extra, I, I hope there's some fascinating and interesting stories in the magazine well that's great thank you for joining us and thank you everybody for listening until next week this is if we were writing we know what it takes to be reaching the top we know what it takes to be reaching the top